I can imagine uh, sitting at the table someday with St. John the Baptist or St. Thomas More or even the apostles themselves, they all having given their lives in fidelity to the Lord and perhaps I myself having not suffered or not only not suffering but refusing to remain faithful to God, uh, dispersing the faith at times. Should I then presume to be at that table with them? If I had spent my life rejecting the faith or refusing to stand up for God's commandments, would I be ready or, or should I expect to be in God's good graces? Jesus says to us, whoever denies me before others, I will deny before my Father, my Heavenly Father. Our denial of Jesus can take the form of what we say and do or what we fail to say or fail to do. Jesus tells us that we are to fear no one and not to be afraid of those who kill the body but can, cannot kill the soul, but rather to be afraid of the one who can destroy both body and soul. So if I look into my own heart, if we look into our own hearts and try to recognize what do I prioritize in my life, what do I put in first place, do I, do I prioritize my own will, my own desires? Does my life reveal a worldly-mindedness or a, a, a life that is all about me? Or is it rather a preference and a priority to fidelity to Christ that I see when I look at my life? Do I trust the, to, to be obedient to Christ is better for me than to be obedient to my own wishes? When it's uncomfortable to follow Christ, am I willing to do so? Or do I kind of shrink back from that? In other words, are we willing to suffer loss in, in reputation, or loss in esteem of others, the loss of financial gains even, when the chips are down and when there's skin in the game, are we willing to forego worldly praise and accolades and accept the taunts or perhaps even the scorn or rejection of worldly-minded people? And do we willingly suffer and joyfully suffer for Christ? Or if we are asked to suffer for Christ, do we resent it and chafe against it? If I resent Christ because I'm trying to be faithful to him or because he asked me to be faithful to him, Am I not lacking something? Doesn't it reveal that my heart does not really love Christ, but that I love myself more? Now, there are certainly times when we should cooperate with worldly-minded people, but the Christian faith means that we must stand against any evil. So, when there's a man or woman who asks us to be complicit in evil, we have to refuse that request. We can't negotiate or modify the truths which God has given us. I don't think the Lord uses fear to try to motivate us. That's not usually a good motivation, right? So hellfire or whatever you want to call it, the threat of hell, isn't a means of good moral behavior. Um, but rather, the truth is, hell is the choice that we choose when we go our own way, apart from God. So it is our choice. The Lord would have us follow his ways. But when, when we follow our own ways, and those ways bring us into conflict with, with society and with Christ himself, we suffer for our fidelity to God. And we, we, and we suffer for that. If, we, if we're faithful to God and we suffer because of that faithfulness to God, it is tempting, isn't it, in those moments to sort of decide, well, maybe this isn't what I really want. 
Or maybe I ought not suffer for faith in God. Why does God ask me to suffer in these ways? This can be a, a question that we struggle with. If God himself suffered, though, for what was right during his life here, Jesus, while he was living among us, if he suffered, we must accept that there are going to be times when we too are called to suffer for love of God. I don't want to say that, you know, I guess the point here is I don't want it to be the case that at times we're going to say, why didn't anybody tell me about the danger of just following my own will? or disobeying the will of God. Why didn't they say anything about that? So the the culture that we create as Christians, as a church, is important. The culture we create in a workplace or our family or society comes from sort of the norms, right? What are the normative practices of that group? And when we make those norms, it shows what's accepted and what's encouraged and what's discouraged. And the culture created is created by the members of that group. So if we tolerate sinful behavior as normal, if we encourage sin by the way we say things or do things, if we act as if it's acceptable to be a Christian, but not to be Christ-like, we don't love Christ and his teachings, we create a culture that leads people into vice rather than to virtue. We create a culture that leads people into death rather than into life. So what's normative in our current culture is often askew from the will of God. But because of the disorder and the false doctrines have become so normative in today's culture, it can be tempting just to go along with it, can it? I mean, I think we will probably all experience that at times. And it is hard. It's not always clear. Uh, it can be confusing. Why do I feel this temptation to go against God's will? The image comes to mind, if I live, if, if perhaps I lived in a landfill, for example, and there's lots of rubbish around, it's hard to have a clean yard, right? It's hard to have a clean, nice yard. But if I did manage to have one, it would be easy to kind of say, this is really unsatisfying. I have worked so hard to make my yard clean, and right there, across the line, is a bunch of rubbish, and it doesn't look very nice. We're going to be affected, right, by the... the the place where we live, the experience of the climate that we live in. And so we have to work extra hard to be vigilant to allow that garbage into our yard is to accept it into uh, the way our, our life is ordered. So there's this experience, isn't there? We live in a difficult environment, you might say, and so it's hard to see things clearly. The month of June, we celebrate the Sacred Heart of Jesus. That was the feast last Friday. Jesus loves us so much. He loves us so much. And his desire is to help us follow him in all the different elements of our lives, all the different areas of what it means to be a human person. It is easier to follow Jesus when we do it together, that we we work together to follow Jesus. In such times um, where we feel alone, where we feel uh, sort of isolated from the world around us because of our decision to follow Jesus, it is sometimes a lonely experience of following Jesus. In those times, we have to learn to rest in the heart of Jesus, not in ourselves, not in worldly things, but to really rest in Jesus. It is better for us. It is better for us to suffer for doing right than to avoid suffering, but then commit sin or be complicit with sin 
in others' lives. Now, all of this I say today not to slap people on the hand, right? Not to, not to make a, 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 a situation where somebody might be struggling with something. If we look at the array of humanity, right? There's, there's some people who are working as hard as they can to be virtuous, but failing at it. They're, just, they're stuck in sin, but they're working hard against sin. So good for them, right? They're, they're doing what they can. On the other hand, there's people on the other side who are sort of indifferent to sin. It's just part of their life and they don't really care. They're not really awake to the, the danger that that sin is causing, not only for them, but for others around them. So it's meant really, I want to help us to see that our obedience to the will of God in the daily things of life, even in the smallest things, means a great deal. It is a great witness to the people around you if you can be faithful to God, even in the small things. I want to help us recognize how good you are doing, the good you are doing, by being obedient to Christ, even when it's difficult. To help you know that the great value of your suffering when you suffer for Christ. It's a purification of our self-love. It's a purification of our own pride and self, uh, self-will. And it's extremely helpful in our growth towards holiness if we can enter into those experiences. So let's not get frustrated with the shortcomings of the people around us. Maybe they're just blind to it. Maybe they don't see it. Who knows? But let's continue to do our best to exemplify a life of fidelity to Christ and a willingness to forego comfort and the path of least resistance. Let's invite Jesus to purify our hearts, to have mercy on us and on the whole world.